no matter what comes your way, with Christ, you can overcome. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell reminds us how we can live in spiritual victory. Hey, my friend, if you're truly born again today, Jesus lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in your body, which is His temple. He's there, and He wants to speak to you, and He wants you to acknowledge Him, and He wants you to know Him and love with Him and walk with Him and practice His presence. I want to ask you today, have you paid any attention to the one that lives inside of you this past week? The Bible says that through Christ, we have victory. Through our relationship with God, He has made us more than conquerors. If He is for us, who can be against us? But if this is true, then why do we doubt and struggle? In our series today, we will learn about God's powerful sovereignty and how we can overcome the adversities of life. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chapel pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In our series, The Winning Side, we will discover how our acceptance in Christ allows us to live in confidence that we're on the winning side. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chappell with part two of a message called Victory Through Death to Self. 90% of all Christians today are living below their privileges. You could have the mighty presence and power of Christ helping you tomorrow at work and helping you as a parent. And you can have all that God wants to bring for your life, but you choose the shallow selfie life instead. You choose to not pray. You choose to not seek God. You choose to not be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And all I want to do this morning is call you to your rightful position in Jesus Christ and tell you, you don't have to live alone and you don't have to make wrong decisions and you don't have to suffer a hangover and you don't have to suffer the plague of sin my friend if you're in Christ you have a new position in Christ I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live and I'm not here today to teach you how to live your best life today I'm here today to tell you that Jesus wants to live his life through you this morning and so we see a new position but notice secondly we also have in Christ a new power a new power. Now notice what it says. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now let's say that phrase beginning with yet not I. Ready to begin. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Now let that settle in. I mean, this is not religious jargon like honk if you love Jesus. This is the Bible. Christ liveth in me. Now let me ask you this question, does he? Have you been saved? Paul said, now I'm not living my life here. Christ lives in me. He doesn't stop with the truth of the crucifixion, but now he's moving into the resurrected realm. He says, Christ liveth in me, Colossians 1.27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hey, my friend, if you're truly born again today, Jesus lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in your body, which is his temple. He's there, and he wants to speak to you, and he wants you to acknowledge him, and he wants you to know him and love with him and walk with him and practice his presence. I want to ask you today, have you paid any attention to the one that lives inside of you this past week? Oh, you say, oh, I, my alarm goes off and I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to do this and 
I wonder, have you acknowledged the one that lives in you? Christ in you, the hope of glory. John 6 and 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It is clear through the New Testament that the flesh profits nothing, but the spirit brings life. I love this quote that's in your notes. Jesus died on the cross to save you from sin. He lives in you to save you from self. Now, how many of you are glad that you've been saved from sin? Okay. How many of you would admit sometimes you need to be saved from self? Come on. I think every one of us put our hand up there, right? Or am I the only one that every once in a while self can make a bad mistake, right? So the cross forgives my sin. But Jesus in me saves me from self because self sometimes has a nasty temperament and self sometimes has a selfish way and self can be a terrible father and self can be an ugly husband and self can be a terrible employee and so sometimes I need to be saved from myself and that's why I thank God that Jesus lives in me through the person of his Holy Spirit. And so there's a new power. It is, first of all, power over sin power over sin. Randy Alcorn, who wrote the wonderful book on heaven, wrote in another book this phrase, any concept of grace that makes us feel more comfortable sinning is not biblical grace. God's grace can never encourage us to live in sin. On the contrary, it empowers us to say no to sin and yes to truth. In fact, the grace of God, as we learned last week, teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. If you ever get around a Christian that says, ah, I don't need to go to church and I can drink when I want and hang out with my buds if I want because, hey, I'm under grace. They do not understand the Bible teaching of grace. The Bible says, shall we continue in grace uh, that sin may abound? God forbid. So God does not want you to live a life of comfort in sin. He wants you to have power over sin through Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 6, notice in your notes, knowing this, that our old man, now that's not your father, all right. The word old man, I know some of this is new. The word old man means your flesh, your Adamic nature. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. There we go again. This old Adamic nature with all of its propensity towards sin, once you're saved, all of the power of that is crucified in Jesus Christ that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. It doesn't mean a Christian will never be tempted. It doesn't mean a Christian will never sin. But it means that no truly born-again Christian who is dead to self and alive to Christ is going to be addicted to sin and enslaved by sin and under the stronghold of sin. There is victory in Jesus Christ, you see. In fact, notice Romans 6.11. Very important verse here in our message. Romans 6.11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the word reckon there is an interesting Greek word, and it means to make an accounting of it. Reckon yourself to be dead unto sin. Remember the boy that put on the shirt every day for the Packers? God says, I want you to get up every morning, and I want you to make a reckoning of who you are. I want you, just like you would adjust your ledger of your checking account, I want you to get up in the morning and recognize and make an accounting of the fact, I am in Christ. 
The power of sin over me was crucified on the cross of Jesus Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, and I am now making a reckoning at 6.56 this morning before I step outside the door and go to work, before I speak to my family today, that I am dead to sin. I am alive in Jesus Christ. That's who I am. I recognize it today. I put it on today. And Jesus, I want to live for you and by you and with you today. Help me at work so that others may see not me, but they may see you in me throughout this day that I live. And oh, oftentimes there's old voices and old tendencies, even going back to our childhood, and they cry out to us. And sometimes if we're not careful, we listen to that old flesh, to that old man, to those old ways. I heard of a man that was in the United States Marines, and boy, he'd been there for four years, and he had a drill sergeant that taught him how to march. And boy, that sergeant would get behind, hop, hop, hop. He'd get those boys marching, and his voice was a piercing voice. And he was so glad to finally get out of the Marine Corps and still live near the Marine base. And one day he was walking around the corner right near the base, and suddenly he heard the voice of that old drill sergeant, hop, hop, hop. And it just seemed like without even thinking about it, he started marching in line just like this, though he was on the other side of the fence. Some of you have an old voice. It's an angry voice. It's a lustful voice. Some of you have an old way. Some of you can hear the old song that you knew in high school and suddenly it puts you into a mood. It puts you into a mindset. And that's why God says now when you get up every day, I want you to reckon yourself to be dead unto sin and alive unto Jesus Christ. And you don't need to listen to that old voice anymore. You don't need to obey that old drill instructor anymore because you are crucified with Christ and you are alive now to the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. Galatians 6 and 14 says it this way. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. You see, that old crowd that tries to draw you away from church, they laugh because you tithe. They try to get you to spend that same money on booze. Listen, that old crowd that wants you to live that way, you need to be able to say, hey, I'm dead to that. That doesn't matter to me anymore. I died in Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. Today I want to be alive to the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. And the Bible teaches us, make no provision for the flesh. Don't even look for a way out. Don't even look for a way uh, to find yourself back to the old drill instructor. There was a father who said to his son, son, I don't want you to swim in that canal anymore. Don't even get near it. It's dangerous. That night the boy came home. He had a wet swimming suit in his hand as he walked in. His dad said, son, what in the world? I told you not to go swimming in that canal. What did you do? He said, well, he said, dad, I, I just brought my bathing suit with me just in case I couldn't resist the temptation. He said, why would you bring your bathing suit in the first place? He said, just so I'd be prepared to swim just in case I was tempted. Let me tell you something, make no provision for the flesh. My grandmother used to tell me, if you don't want any of the Satan's apples, stay out of his orchard. There's just some places if you don't want to live in sin, you need to stay away from. There's power over sin to someone that is dead to sin and alive to Jesus Christ. And then notice, secondly, there's power for service too. 
power for serving the Lord. Romans 6 and 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God who's, as those uh, that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. God says, listen, every day I want you to reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to Christ. Every day I want you to yield your members, not to unrighteousness. I don't want your mouth given to gossip. I don't want your tongue touching drugs. I don't want your hands doing things they should not do. He says, I want you to learn how to yield your members unto righteousness. Use your hands to pass out a gospel tract. Use your mouth to praise your wife. Use your mouth to encourage your children. Use your feet to go to right places. And I want you to know that in Christ and through the power of Christ, we have a new power over sin and we have power to serve not because we make a list of 50 things and we're going to really keep it and keep it no no but because every morning we reckon ourselves dead to that which is sinful and wrong and alive to the Lord Jesus Christ in us there's a brand new position for the Christian I am crucified with Christ there's a brand new power for the Christian nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ liveth in me and then notice finally this morning there's a brand new principle that all of us need to remember. A brand new principle that we must daily apply. And it's very simple, and I want you to see it as we read the rest of this verse. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live, someone ought to say, how, how? I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said, now the life that I'm currently living in the flesh, I live by faith uh, in the Son of God, by the faith of the Son of God. Fully persuaded that he could not live the Christian life on his own, he now asked the Lord Jesus to live it through him by faith. Someone says, right, pastor, this is a great principle. Jesus is in me, and he's going to live through me. How's that happen? It happens by faith. The same way you got saved is the same way you're to live by faith. By the way, the Bible is very clear about that, that the Christian life is a life of faith. In fact, Jesus said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do what? Nothing. Without Jesus working through you, as with the vine and the branches, as the sap that flows through, you can do nothing with eternal value. Spurgeon once said it this way, when your own emptiness is painfully forced upon your consciousness, chide yourself that you ever dreamed of being full except in the Lord. Some people who are alive to selfie, some people who live the selfie life, somehow have gotten to think that they can handle this matter of living without God. And yet, trials come and challenges come into our life and we suddenly realize Lord without you I can't make it another day and this is the principle that we must live by faith notice first of all by a practiced faith for we walk by faith not by sight notice if you would in your notes Galatians 3 and 2 this only would I learn of you received ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith are ye so foolish Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? 
Now pause to ponder this for a moment. How many of you would agree that when you were saved, you began in the Spirit? The Holy Spirit convicted your heart. Someone showed you from the Bible that you were a sinner and that sinners spend eternity without Jesus in hell. And you turned to Jesus as your Savior. And you might say, well, the soul winner was very persuasive and the choir was very wonderful. But how many of you recognize that when you got saved, if you were feeling in your heart that sense of turning to Christ, that was the Holy Spirit that began the whole process. If you were with me on that, say amen. It was God's Spirit. You began in the Spirit. Listen to what Paul says. How can you that began in the Spirit be so foolish, be so silly? How can we be so wrong to think that something begun in the Spirit can continue on in the flesh? If I keep this list of rules and this list of rules, and, and, and if I really, really try, then, then by myself I can attain spirituality. And Paul the Apostle is saying, oh foolish Galatians, if it began in the Spirit, it must continue by the Holy Spirit of God. And by faith you must follow the Lord Jesus Christ. If your life will be positioned properly, you must allow Christ to guide you and lead you through every step of the way sometimes people say well I've made this decision now I've got this counselor and I've got this guide and yet there is not the essence there is not the evidence of the Holy Spirit in the guiding process it's not Jesus Christ it's the flesh it's a goal of the world it's a goal of the world the flesh or the devil but Jesus will lead you on to greater fruit that is remaining in the power of his Holy Spirit there's a man that was recently licensed to fly a private plane and he got up into the air on a very cloudy day and he'd had some training in using the instruments but he'd never had to land strictly with instrumentation before this was his first time and now he's coming down through the clouds and the clouds had descended nearly to the level of the airport and he was beginning to have a panic attack right in the cockpit of the plane and in fact those at the tower began to sense this man's gonna end up in catastrophe if we don't help him somehow and he was giving these shaky comments, I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if I can do this. And finally the man in the tower sensing the problem, the control tower radioed to the man in the airplane and they said, listen, you just obey our instructions and we'll take care of the obstructions. If you'll do exactly what we tell you to do, we'll get you out of this fog and we'll get you down on the ground. Now my friend, we can have a selfie way or we can let the Lord guide the way. But every single time we follow the Lord, He's going to lead us if we lead, if we follow Him by faith. It must be a practice faith. And by the way, it must be a personal faith. That faith is developed by the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word. Sometimes that faith is developed by the trials we experience in life. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. My friend, a genuine faith will be tested. And sometimes people that are so selfie-centered, sometimes people that are so self-orientated, those that, like uh, the singer of old, are going to have it all and have it their way, they have a difficult time learning what it means to, by faith, trust in Christ until a trial comes into their life. Something now they can't handle. I don't know what to do with this family member in prison. I don't know what to do with this medical difficulty. And finally, they'll say, Lord, I need to die to myself because I now see I'm not enough. Lord, I ask you to work through me and show me the way out of this mess. Get me down without a crash, Lord, because I can't do it. Now, you can learn through the Word today or you can keep your selfie way going until 
you'll finally realize without Jesus Christ, you never reach your haven safely. And so we see in the Word of God that he says, I have a new position for you. I am crucified. I have a new power for you. Nevertheless, I live. But there's a principle that you must employ by the faith of the Son of God. How's Jesus going to live through you tomorrow at work? How are people that work with you going to see Jesus in you as you by faith say, Lord, good morning. I want to reckon myself today dead to sin. I want to identify with my position as being dead to sin and alive to Christ. Lord, I'm crucified with you, but I ask you to live through me today. And I believe as that principle is applied by faith, all of a sudden a wife says, who is this man? He's a new man. A husband says, who is this lady? She's a new lady. Teenagers have a difference in their life when instead of putting their agenda and their sports and their demands and their, uh, their desires on the forefront, they put themselves last and Jesus first and others see the difference in their life. Tozer said this, and I close, if I see aright the cross of popular evangelicalism is not the cross of the New Testament. It is rather a new bright ornament upon the bosom of self-assured and carnal Christianity. The old cross slew men. The new cross entertains them. The old cross condemned. The new cross amuses. This last phrase, I believe, is partly left off in your notes. The old cross destroyed the flesh. The new cross encourages it. The old cross destroyed the flesh. The new cross encourages it. How many of you, when you were younger, maybe even in recent years, you've heard the term, the altar call? How many of you heard that term, the altar call? You don't hear it much in churches today. Sometimes we say, if you'd like to come to the altar and pray. Why do we say that? You see, we have the altar call because... The term altar call implies, Lord, I bring myself to you as a living sacrifice. Lord, I I come to you today because I want to be dead to my selfie, dead to my ambition, and alive to you. The altar is the place of sacrifice. It's the place where self dies. It's the place where spiritual life begins. It's the place where we recognize. It's the place where we give accounting for our new position. We find our new power. And we get up from the altar and with a new principle of faith, we go out to live a new week for Jesus Christ. I am crucified with Christ. That's my position. Nevertheless, I live. That's the power that I have because it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I want to encourage those of you that want to live on the winning side to get up every morning this week, every single morning, and say, good morning, Lord. Today I want to put on my identity. Today I want to recognize I'm crucified with you. I have victory over sin and victory over discouragement. I have victory through you. And yet, Lord, I ask you now to live through me and by faith, Lord, everything I say and every response I have at work and every way I treat the children, Lord, I want to do it only with you working through me because I want you to be glorified. And I don't want to go back to that losing side 
where I thought I was alive. I want you to live through me. I challenge you this morning, every day for the next seven days, to start out before you brush your teeth, before you put on your shirt, to say, Lord, I want to put you on today. Galatians 2.20, crucified with Christ, but alive through Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. If you're interested in watching Pastor Chappell preach live during a Lancaster Baptist Church service, you can now log on to lbclive.tv Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings. Visit lancasterbaptist.org for a list of times and other services. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chappell serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chappell's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today, where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chappell's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchappell.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.